What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Millennial Money Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest for you, Graham Stephan. <laughs> hey, welcome, guys. Spencer, what's up, man? Hey, Spencer, it's Guys here. <laughs> we got the guy who exposes all of the uh, fake gurus, all the frauds, the scams in the industry, and uh, I watch all of your videos, and it, it, I lose faith in humanity. I'm just <laughs> seeing how many scams are out there and how many people are just taking advantage it's unfortunate yeah. because there's always victims at the end of the day, right? It's it's fun to kind of make the entertaining videos, but realistically, when you're talking about fraud and yeah. uh, some of the unfortunate realities of what we just saw over the last two years, PPP fraud, mm. mortgage fraud. I mean, Did you cover that, PPP fraud? Not too much. Only some of the stories, but wow. this is very prevalent. All the guys on Instagram getting the Lambos. Yeah. and You go, wait a second. That guy was in a Toyota the last year. Now he's in a Lambo, and I don't know what he does for a living. Yeah. Did you hear that the car industry is already going through like a 2008-style recession? No one really is talking about that other than like the car oriented channels like Lucky, but man. I started looking into that because I heard on Lucky's channel that repos are going up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were lending on cars based on really high values to the point where they drive now and they're, they're immediately underwater, like way more significant than if you bought a new car and like, okay, sure, you lose 20%. But they're lending on used cars at such high values that it's just not sustainable. How do you figure that banks just gave that kind of loans to people with like, let's say you have two people in a household, they, they're both on stimulus checks, let's say they're each making 4,000, 96K a year, and the bank's like, sure, or the dealership, whoever's giving them the loan is like, sure, go go, go have your $50,000 Mercedes. Like, how does that incentives. happen? Yeah. What are their incentives? True, To true, write loans. True. Oh, it works today. We Package don't them up, about, sell yeah. them off, yeah. We don't have to worry two years down the road. I'm actually interested yeah. in what you guys think. So there's a lot of rumblings now, some idea of a recession, correction, whatever you want to call right. it. If there's one indicator that you feel most confident in, where if you could have data, just forget about how you access this data. If you could have any data to give you a, a confidence meter, of, of a high confidence meter that will either be in a recession soon or not. Mm. And I'll start, I would be really interested with car repos. Like if mm. we could have the real I data. I thought you were about to say exotic dancers. <laughs> <laughs> or Cardi B, did you yeah. see she tweeted I about a recession? Yep. Yeah. All right, no, I'm joking. Yeah, anyway, that's probably yeah. a bad sign, but that would be really interesting. Like what data metric could you have access to? Car repos seem to be the first one. For yep. me, that would be really interesting because people are going to get rid of their cars or stop paying their car payment before yeah. mortgage and everything else. I, I, I have my own little metric, but I, I don't know how accurate it is, but it's pretty accurate. Jim Cramer doesn't think we're going into a recession. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just opposite him. Just everything yeah. Nancy Pelosi him. was not buying this month, uh, recession confirmed. There we go. No, but seriously, he's got a pretty interesting record. He's like, I, I, I think I'm the only one in the economy right now who doesn't think there's a recession. When you look at Jim Cramer, though, I did an analysis, and I think it was something like 55% of the time he was wrong <laughs> oh after like God. a few months. No, seriously. Uh, so in the first three days, it's something called the Jim Cramer effect, yep. where he talks about a stock, and it goes up an average of 3 to 5% higher than it would have otherwise. So he does have a short-term effect on the stock price. It does return back to normal after about a week. Uh, but yeah, long term, he does not have the best success. It may, it may as well be, you know, flipping a coin or going to a casino with the mm -hmm. house advantage. There would be a really interesting phenomenon in life if someone had a certain timeline where they could make predictions. And after a certain point, if you're below 60 percent or 70 percent, you're just no longer you're not good enough yeah we're gonna move on to that's the thing else. with a lot of predictions is that like you said andre it's useless without a timeline yeah. and you could say well i'm not wrong because there haven't been enough time yet right and then a hundred years could go by and then like what's the opportunity cost i was I right exactly yeah what's the opportunity? yeah exactly maybe 200 years later it's like no but i was right i called it here 
Uh, I do think there should be a timeline. It seems to be five to 10 years. Well, it depends, I guess, what you're calling about. But yeah. like stocks could be five to 10 years. I think a recession, probably a year. It's got to be 18 months, two years max. Yeah. Well, one thing you yeah. guys do really well that I very much appreciate is that you don't, you aren't trying to be the experts mm. when you aren't. Mm -hmm. And you're not coming out and saying, everyone, this is exactly what's going to happen. You're saying, here's a bunch of data. Mm -hmm. I have accumulated a bunch of resources. And there's a lot of times I'll watch your stuff where I'm like, whoa, I never even thought it even yeah. looked there, right? So the, the real value is being able to look at a lot of different resources and package it up into a, a solid 14 minute video. And it's very educational, but you never get the vibe that it's like, Andre said this right. one thing and he's going to stand by right. it. Well, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I think I, that's good for everyone. A lot of what I do in the research, I like when you're like, oh, I didn't know this. It's partially because I didn't know it. And I'm right. like, this is interesting. And as I'm researching, I, I have a question about this question. And it, it, you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like, I didn't even know what I didn't know. So, and, and I don't want to be that guy. I appreciate like, I it also yeah. because we're in this game. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think we all know if we wanted to go the clickbait route, we right. could probably, we could get one out of 10 every video if we really wanted to, especially yes. when you're talking about economy. It's like, we're going to experience a crash tomorrow. And Robert Kiyosaki is someone I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, follows that path, yes. which he's done a great book, a lot of good things. However, every single video is about the greatest, the greatest recession our lives will ever see is coming next month, right. hoard Bitcoin. And it's so much easier to get views that way. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't really appreciate that path yeah. to media versus what I just explained with you I think the problem with that path though is that it only works for so long. It's like a short term duration and then people just ignore you. And then you're just the, the boy who cried wolf. You have and to no keep one going cares. worse. Yeah. You have to yeah, keep making true. it bigger that and hurricane bigger. Is right? And then you go on tsunami. Twitter and then you yeah. become, oh, you no. just keep getting worse and, and then worse eventually and worse. you get it right. Just like people say, like a broken clock's right twice a day. Eventually you get it right and yeah. you look like a genius. But I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about economic indicators for a recession, what I actually found really interesting was that the one thing that so far has been somewhat correct is when you look at business conferences, mm. the rate of business, once they start to slow down, it seems to be a recession comes. Interesting. So that was one of the oddball things. But oh, anecdotally, I didn't, I didn't find that one. yeah, anecdotally, I've seen uh, watch sales coming down. Mm. So people are spending less money on watches. Uh, the people who have a lot of watches are selling them now. Same thing with really high-end cars. A lot of people with high-end cars are saying, now is the time where I want to sell these. When you look at Bring a Trailer, it's a fantastic resource. I've never seen so many 500,000 plus cars just being sold. Never mm -hmm. seen that many. And right now they're selling, yeah. but for how much longer? And I always think, what do they know? If they're selling this, you know, Bugatti or this, you know, Ferrari, LaFerrari or whatever, like, why are they selling at this price? Yeah. I'm it's curious. They don't need the money, but uh, right. why? I, I, it's interesting. I, I've noticed a lot of my wealthier friends that are like far wealthier than me. They started talking about real me. estate. <laughs> yeah, Graham's <laughs> one of those people. Yeah. People that are just, they slowly start to offload those assets. And that kind of makes sense because when those assets hit all-time highs and interest rates get to crazy amount, then of course you're going to want to get rid of it because then at that point, who's going to be able to afford it? Do you believe the concept of following the money, meaning look at what rich people are doing? And rich, I would designate as maybe 50 million or more net worth. No. If you look uh, at Nancy yeah. Pelosi necessarily, she's buying... Roblox call options at like $100 back in November. I mean, I, I think you could look to anyone and say they were right for X amount of time and there's always going to be one. It's very interesting in life how you can be an expert in one thing. Let's mm -hmm. say I'm a professional baseball player and I made $100 million in my life. Right. And then all of a sudden you start talking about the economy or investing and people immediately in our life will Listen. look up to that person yep. and say this person is really savvy because they have a lot of money. Well, did they get all their money from... 
one path or another path. And that's right. always a really difficult thing to... No, that's to, a good distinction to... Because I'm yeah. in the same way. Like, I make my money on YouTube, right. not investing. And so I try not to ever be the advice guy. Same. I try but to be. You were doing really well at real estate, even before you were, were like diving that far into YouTube. But like you were doing I lost well. Lost a lot of money too. But you were, <laughs> but you were house hacking. You were renting out bedrooms. Yes. And doing like a, like a hotel esque sort I'm of deal. Pivoting a little bit. Yeah. Since we last talked. Yeah. I was uh, all in on house hacking. Had some headaches. Yeah. And uh, now I'm pivoting. So now, what, here's what's interesting. I yeah. can relate with that because I used to do an Airbnb business. So I used to sublease. I used to lease for about twelve hundred dollars a month. And I would rent out one room on Airbnb, and in one month, it was enough to cover my lease, and then some. It's great, isn't it? It was amazing. Now they're shutting it down, but I'm right. curious, how, how is your house hacking going? It was great in many ways. I'm actually going to start with something that is unexpected, and that is an empathy for humanity. Uh, I grew up middle class. My parents are doing really well now. We live, they live in the 1%, yada, yada, yada. Been around your wealth. Your parents? Yeah, been around wealth. So, Whoa, whoa hold on. on. Slow this down. What do your parents do? In a minute. All right. Talk right. About it. Um, so... <laughs> Being in the house that I've been, if you guys were ever around, I'll show you, but it's it's not nice. It's in a, it's Eastern and Russell. So if you know, like six lane road, it's fine. It's six lane road, <laughs> right on the main street. I know like exactly we're talking about like is, home, yeah. I mean, yeah. every problem under the sun, the tenants that I've had at that property have a lot of difficulty. And it was something that I was exposed to that I'd never been exposed to before. And that is difficulty making payments, stress. At the time I was riding the bus four hours to and from work. Like I was in major financial calamity. And at the time, I just started to understand the world a lot better. And I felt like that played well into my content. I felt like I had a more, a better view of the world at large. And so that was a major benefit of that property is just being around people that were struggling. And it made me appreciate what I had. And at the time, I couldn't even afford new shoes. Mm. <laughs> I was eating rice and beans every mm. night. Yeah. You know what? I was like, man, I'm actually appreciative because YouTube's making 4000 a month or something. And they're struggling to pay rent. $500 or $600 a month in rent. So anyway, that was uh, an interesting experience there. But yeah, that was my first property. I had ramped up to three properties now, 13000 a month, if you count my room, if you count like the market rent for my room. So yeah, like there's real money to be That's made. Awesome. I think it's the best way to start in real estate yeah. for anyone who like wants to get started. That's really great. Yeah. Now, uh, you know what we should do is call Jeremy really quick, oh. just so people know he's, a, he's still a part of the podcast. We didn't kick him out. No, or did we? Or, or did we? No. <laughs> let's call Jeremy really quick, see what he's up to. Let me just record this. Uh, then we could get right back into that. Hey. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you guys filming right now? Yeah, we want to see what you're up to. Oh, I took a vacation day. You didn't know? Where are you? HR. Uh, today was a vacation day for me. Yeah, where are you, Jeremy? Did he have a well, vacation day? <laughs> I, wait, I, yeah, I'm supposed to have vacation day. Are you wait wait hold on hold on hold on <laughs> let, let me show you where I'm at here see please don't tell me oh he's, my gosh I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's at the I'm, TTCF frozen food aisle why are you there Jeremy yeah. well I'm just I I got nothing else to do I took tonight off from millennial money so I figured I might as well just come you know customer watch so <laughs> are you uh, striking any conversations with anybody trying to buy tattoo chef. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. No one, no one wants to come down this aisle. So it's, it's it is what it is. It looks so kind of empty. Jeremy's gonna single-handedly empty all the shelves himself. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, man. Somebody's, Somebody's got to do, do it. How many people <laughs> have bought? Have people bought any of them lately, or no? Well, um, I've been standing here for three minutes, and no, I'm the only one in the past three minutes. So bearish, bearish TCCF. <laughs> do you so think? You short do you think that maybe you're scaring them off because you're there? <laughs> if you hid somewhere else, 
Oh, wow. There's no one. That's a recession. That's a recession. Look, it's empty. That's his indicator. No one's at Target. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that's legit empty. Jeremy, there's nobody there. Are you the only one in the store? I might be. I might be the only person in the store. Feels like an episode of Zombies. Wow. The Call of Duty. Jeremy, what time is it over there? It's the uh, same time as Vegas. Yeah. Wow. So about seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Recession confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy, for giving us this tidbit. How about this? Text me when you leave and, and let us know if anyone bought Tattoo Chef. Okay. That sounds like a deal. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have See a great man. One. All right. Back to that question. You're like, <laughs> oh, my parents are part of the 1%. So let me skip over that, right? Yeah. The neighborhood, I would say, the area in the state they live in. Okay. I'm going to leave it broad. Okay. Yeah. It's a very nice area. What business are they in? Golf course, Lake Community, financial advisor. Oh, that's awesome. So that's what helped me. Wow. At least so, understand. So, so uh, they're financial advisors. Dad is, yeah. Okay. For uh, wealthier clients. Yeah. Got it. Very cool. Mm. That's great. Yeah. We have some cool neighbors. Yeah. So it's nice being yeah. around it. I think there's many benefits to being around that. Number one, it's something to strive for. You feel like it's real. Well, well let me ask you this. What inspired the whole kind of model of your YouTube channel to expose the gurus? There was no real intention at the time. I wasn't growing at all. I was doing some like real estate, just wanted to follow what I was doing, the decisions I was making. And I started noticing a lot of these ads from gurus and I just wanted to have an objective look at, are these people real? It didn't feel real to me. And I didn't know if what they were actually doing, what business were they running? And so I had a series called Authentic or Charlatan where I wanted to actually break down. That was Graham. Mm. One, of Gra one of the first episodes was Graham. That's right. I remember yeah. that. It was a really big moment in my YouTube career because I had about 8,000 subs. And at the point, it's like, okay, there's something here, but no one knows who you are. And then someone was like, dude, Graham posted on his Instagram about yeah. you. Yeah. I, like, I thought it was, it was really a moment. really fair assessment. And that was, yeah, it was like a really three cool years ago, two years ago, yeah. something like that. And, you know, I thought it was really good. Too, I was so broke yeah. at the time that I had to borrow $2,500 from a buddy to make a payment that day. And so I'm like freaking out. I Thankfully, this buddy of mine who I just met like loaned me $2,500 to make a payment to not go yeah. <laughs> really broke. And uh, and then that happened like that night. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh, I was able to make my payments. And then you posted that. I was like, oh man, maybe there's I got to share more videos. I used to do that all the time when I saw a really good video shared on Instagram. I just stopped. It was much appreciated. Like, when but you're yeah, a small creator, I you don't think do anyone's that. watching. Right. And when someone cool, it's like, yeah. wait, you watched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should be doing that. I think you should too, Andre. I think it's I just have. fun. You do? It's great. I don't do it very often, but okay. I'll, I'll do it. Sometimes. Your story yeah. was so cool because it was, I, the reason why I told it the way I did is I thought it was really interesting to tell it from current day. Yeah. You go backwards, if you remember. Yeah. And so I told it, uh, there's a movie, a Christopher Nolan movie called Memento. Have you seen the movie? Mm -mm. Neither. Oh, it's one of the best movies ever made. And it's told in reverse. Wow. It's really well done. So mm -hmm. I was just like, hey, you know what? Creatively, I just want to do something differently. Was there a point out on your YouTube channel where you saw it kind of take off? December 2nd, 2019. What happened? <laughs> I like you know the exact date. What happened? I released a video on Dan Locke. It was the first one. He was interesting. He was blown up at the time. I didn't know much about him. That so was the guy that would show up in like a Rolls Royce. Yeah. And he had, like he had a series, yeah. Boston and Bentley. Yeah. I, I remember when he first came on, he was captivating. I looked at him and I was like, who is this guy? He was so different from everyone else on YouTube and he was in the back of a Bentley and I rem just remember him swearing a lot. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it was necessarily any bad advice that he was giving in those videos. No. But I remember your video blew up. Was it him in the red suit, was mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yep. Remember I've the thumbnail. A, I've made a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made a couple. But no, one of the benefits of... of very fortunately being around money is you see what it really looks like. Mm -hmm. And there's many different ways. If you're young money, you're gonna be flashing, have the Lambo, of course. But generally the old money, like the real wealth is blue jeans, 
Yeah. In a, in a shirt like this, that's mm, like exactly, yeah. 50 bucks or something. And then a Mercedes yep. and that's wealth. And there's no flashiness to it. Um, all of my parents' friends, you meet them and they're very, very humble. You would have no idea. One of my friends in, in high school that we actually had his prom at his house, the after party, it was like a $10 million house on the water. We're talking 40,000 square feet style, just mm. massive. You would have no idea. Yeah. We're talking like real wealth. And so coming from that, it's like, okay, I, I can see you build a business. Over time, you save up, you invest well, just like what you guys preach. And that's real wealth. And then all of a sudden, you start getting these YouTube ads, and it's all about flash and how much you can make so much money so quickly. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. So to really answer your question, it was at that moment where I wanted to just objectively look, are these guys legitimate or not? Yeah. And so releasing that video, it was very clear right from the start that there was more views. Second video was about Robert Kiyosaki, yep. more views. And I was like, okay, I got something here. Ty Lopez, of course, was now, the next one. As yeah. you were making these videos, did you get any pushback from anyone or from the people that you were making the videos about? No, I was no. too small at okay. the time. I didn't really have many subscribers. And so I grew fast, relatively speaking to where I was, but we're still talking 5,000 subscribers. I don't remember the exact first time someone pushed back, but it was actually a really important moment. Bam Man Kevo. You ever heard of him? Mm -mm. He's, a, he's no. a pretty big influencer. Yeah, he copyright struck my video oh, like wow. immediately, like within an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It hadn't, hadn't happened before. But it was a moment where I kind of realized I needed to pivot a little bit. Right. And, and does that mean he, he, you get a strike on your channel? Got yeah. it. Okay. To be fair, I had used a lot of his videos. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think he was in the right. Okay. It's interesting okay. because there's so many approaches to, I guess, getting people interested into investing. Yeah. And I always felt like what resonated with me the most is when extremely wealthy people live even below the means of the middle class. And that's just been fascinating to me. Like even with your 20 yeah. cent iced coffees and like there's things that I do that are ridiculous and they make no sense. You know, like I was living with roommates like $1,200 a month when I was making seven figures. Like it's just, I, I love that. There's something that that's fascinating. You know what it is? That. I feel like there's a bit of a trend that went in that direction. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we like opposites. So I, from what I've seen at least through like 2005 to 2010, it seems like, this extravagance, like right. this really wealthy lifestyle of private jets and Rolls Royces and Ferraris was the thing to strive for and the Lamborghinis. Um, that it almost, the exact opposite of that became cool where it's like, you could afford that, but you choose not to because you look at the long term, like right. that's not sustainable unless you have a lot of money. Uh, I listened to an interview with, uh, it was Ryan Trahan on Colin and Samir's podcast. It was one of the, the best podcasts I've listened to. and. Colin and Samira ask Ryan Trahan, a lot of people on YouTube are spending a lot of money, like Eric or Mr. Beast. There's this style where it's like a hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a video. Ryan Trahan did the exact opposite of that, and he's growing just as much, if not more, by spending a penny. Mm. I'm like, that's his video of like how little money I could spend. I'm right. thinking of that. That's genius. Yeah. No, so I think we really go cool. back and forth and we've gone from the extravagance down to a penny. Do, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that millennials were not exactly set up as a generation to necessarily be wealthy? Like not like our They've parents were exactly. So I think there's something that's relatable where you see people that are like Graham, for example, it's like, oh, he's a multimillionaire, but he's happy with less, which is, which is inspiring because then it's like, I, I don't need to make a ton of money to be happy in life if these people who are making insane amounts of money are. Agreed. So, I was actually a question for you mm -hmm. that I'm curious, you can answer too, Andre, is do you feel like you'd become unrelatable? I uh, worry about that all the I time. I knew it, I yeah, knew it because I was I thinking do. going to Florida, I was yeah. like, you know what I thought of? Mm. <laughs> I was like, we <laughs> got to get a private jet <laughs> going to Tampa. I was almost, I was close to texting you like, so are you considering a private <laughs> oh, jet? Oh no, gosh, no, 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 <laughs> no, See, no, to no, me, no. this is actually one of the I flew I coach, you guys. flew coach there and back. Oh man, that's so yeah. funny. I thought of, at what point do you buy the private jet? But then <laughs> I, I started uh, thinking, yeah. uh, we hung out with Meet Kevin and yeah. he was talking about 
buying a private jet. Yeah. And I understand it always doesn't economically make sense. But <laughs> Kevin's yeah. like, well, I bought a private jet. Graham's like, well, I flew coach. And I'm like, well, I walked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I worry about that all the time. I mean, it's something that I, I've realized I've just come to terms with that like I can't stay at the same point in my life forever. And right. I won't always be the person who's living in the one side of the duplex for $0 a month because a tenant pays the other half. So I have to evolve and grow as a person. And that just comes with being myself. I do worry about that though. Um, so especially with with this house, like I really had to explain, like guys, for resale, it makes yeah. sense. You got to get the square footage, and I save more money than I spend by living in this house in in Vegas than California. So yeah. I try to rationalize every, every purchase, like the Tesla. I'm like, I sold stock at six thousand dollars for the Tesla, and now it, that car I think is going to do better than the stock, and I'm already up thirty percent on the stock from where I sold. That, you know, I'm up 30% on the car from where I sold the stock. One thing I noticed so. about you guys that you do really well is you are a micro investor in that you're very interested in looking at numbers. And if you go, you know what, I, I believe that the next six months there's 9% return in the stock market and 12% in crypto. You guys aren't married to stock market. You go, I'm going right. to crypto and 18% real estate. I'm going to do real estate now. Right. That's really interesting because my philosophy is far different. Mm, and one thing I'm interested with you yeah. is how much mental energy you spend analyzing money and to me what i found much more enjoyable about my income going up for reference i used to make forty-five thousand a year at my job now i'm probably i don't know let's call it 500 this year somewhere in that ballpark is being able to go and have pizza with friends and you yeah. just buy whatever pizza you want it sounds funny but once you make that jump and you just don't even worry about the you don't you don't even look at the menu i used to be the ultra frugal guy yeah. where you're analyzing you know, you go to walmart and you're like this rice is 13 cents per ounce and that one's 15 cents I mean, for insane. me for me it's appetizers okay i'm like ordering appetizers i'm like man i've changed <laughs> but it's it, there's a, a freedom that comes with it and yeah. i'm wondering i would never tell someone how to live their life and i'd be curious if i was in your shoes i would live life much differently and to the point where I probably would be reckless in some regard <laughs> where if I want a Lambo, I'm just going to go buy it. That's just the way I believe I will be once I get to that income level. Yeah, maybe you, got, you yeah. guys are still like so good at like I, stick, sticking to the I, micro. Like for me, the, the way that I avoid that is because I've had so many little moments in my life where I've attained that that thing I've put on a pedestal. And then once you recognize that that feeling of satisfaction, that it goes away in whatever, a couple months. You're like, okay, cool. What's the next thing? And then you get the next thing. Have you ever heard and the term hedonic adaptation? Yes, yeah, okay. the he hedonic treadmill, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like you can never adapt, and you're you grow a new baseline of happiness, and like that's what it takes. And then the next thing is like, okay, now it's a ten million dollar house, and if you know, and a Bugatti now, and it's like I the don't want to be on human. that. Yeah, if you could strategically set up your life, I think the best way would be to somehow elevator it right. every single but year. But that's what I do. So I only live live really for the most part on what whatever the investments generate. But it, since I'm constantly investing, it's like, well, that you know, if I take three percent every year, it's going to be worth more because I'm investing more. So like, even though it's small, it's yeah. every year has been better than the prior because I just limit it to. It's always under three percent. But I, I will yeah. agree with Graham though, where it's like the epitome of the saying, "What got you here won't get you there." You know, there's only so many ramen noodles you could consume just to save cash. Like you have to go beyond that. Whether it's expanding into different asset classes with you know luxury cars like Graham was doing, and that's what I'm trying to do too with, yeah. with Lucky, where it's like I'm buying a car yeah. that's gonna fix it up and flip it. Like I would never consider doing that when I was making 50K a year. But if I wanna get to that next stage, then I have to learn new things, take new risks. And you know, I think for a lot of people too, it's important that they diversify and they invest with a brokerage Ooh. that mm. saves them a lot of money. <laughs> 
up to 85% lower than the top competitors. You own your own brokerage. All thanks to our sponsor, FTX US. They're trusted by millions of users to buy, sell, track, and trade both crypto and NFT all in one place with extremely low fees. They got no ACH fees and no gas fees in the top Ethereum and Solana collections. And no withdrawal fees on NFTs. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I even heard that they work with people like Steph Curry, the Miami Heat Arena, Jeremy LaFave. That's Tom Brady. That's the real goat, Jeremy LaFave right there. That's the goat of all time. Yeah, and they give you free Dogecoin. That's right, and it's so easy. All you gotta do is literally, you just select what you want, type in how much you wanna buy, type in how often you wanna buy it, and then swipe right and you're done. I actually really like that they do automatic recurring buys, because then you could dollar cost average into the market without even thinking about it. And a really good question I had recently was, well Andre, if I dollar cost average with smaller amounts, Aren't I going to pay more in fees? And that's not true. No. Well, at least not with FTX because they have no fixed minimum fees on transactions. So if you guys are interested, you want to support the channel, the link is down below in the description with the code MMFTX. Down below in the description, and you can get free crypto all the way up to $100, depending on how much you trade. So Go check them out. Yeah. But that is very important, Andre. Yeah. That people do that if they want to yes, right. diversify. Dollar cost average, diversify. Yeah. Are you investing in crypto, by the way? Not really. What? I'm Why? hella broke. Because of my lawsuit. Oh, <laughs> we have no money. Can, can we, we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, of okay. course. Really? So wait, 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 what happened exactly? I made a video about someone, and that someone sued me. Wow, for what exactly? Defamation. defamation. Okay, yeah. so we just saw one of the biggest trials of defamation, and oh, from what man. I understand, those are extremely difficult to win. The big key indicator is public figure versus private figure. Interesting. Public figure is uh, there's a lot more leeway. That's part of what we take on as a public figure. People might make videos about us. Interesting. So as a public figure, you are less protected, you're saying? Absolutely. Right. That's why presidents, CEOs, you can be kind of ugly towards them, and it's really challenging to... And this person who's suing definition. you, are they private or public? They're definitely a public figure. Blue check mark, four million on Instagram. Okay. So there's not that many grounds to really succeed on that. It's going to be very challenging, especially but, because yeah. I interviewed someone for the video. I right. did not make any claims. Right. Here's the thing, though, is that this guy wants to make a point to Spencer and say, right. Spencer, you better take that video down. Did, it, did they ask you to take the video down? He said no. I'm guessing. Uh, it. He was taken down immediately. It down. He was taken yeah. down immediately. Within 16 minutes of receiving the cease and desist. Wow. So even after that, they want to prove a point, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, and lawsuits could be expensive. I mean, unfortunately. 125000 out of pocket right now. That's oh, insane. I've spent, I've spent about seventy-five or eighty. I've I've spent more on my lawsuit this year than I've made from YouTube. No. Which is really oh, my yeah, gosh. But, but I would worry at what point does that end? And if it's someone with deep pockets, I'm always concerned about that because they could just, you know. Keep draining you with keep money. Draining. But hold on. But at yeah. the end, you, if you win, you get the money you, back, right? You counter sue. You counter No, but you counter sue. So how does that work? Let's just say you counter sue somebody. I don't think it's an automatic judgment like that day. You could be like, hey, no, don't you start the process over again to never been Uno in Uno reverse card. <laughs> I've never been in it. Uh, I am told that you hire your lawyer to sue them. Okay. And as part of that lawsuit, you would get those additional legal fees in, res in return. How crazy is that? Let's say you spent 200 grand, you, you win, and it's like, well, if you want to get that 200 grand back, we got to do it all over again. There's another 200 grand. It doesn't grand. make any sense. If you, if you win, why do you have to win again? Frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. I think, and I, I've never, knock on wood, never been in a lawsuit before. I think it, it should be where if you lose, you are responsible for the other person's legal fees. Yeah. And I think that might cut down on some of the fraudulent cases where people are bullied or people are incentivized by money mm -hmm. just to be like, well, I have deeper pockets than you. So uh, 
There yeah. you go. To me, it's nothing. To you, it's gonna no, screw you. No, that's a good point. And yeah. answer, are you familiar with slap slap suits? Mm -hmm. Is this would this can be considered one of those? Possibly. Oh. I will not speak about details, but well, yes, well can you just explain to the audience what a what a slap suit is? Basically, it's just trying to silence public criticism. Okay. And so, uh, unfortunately, the legal system is very much built for the wealthy and corporations. Therefore, if you have twenty million dollars and you wanted to sue a small YouTuber who might have made good claims about you, maybe brought up something about your past, uh, then they can sue you. And unfortunately, when you're a smaller YouTuber, you might not make enough to be able to properly defend yourself. Mm. And that's where the slap lawsuits are actually very strategic. Yikes. All right, well, sorry to hear you going through that. Yeah, it is what it's it is, out, it's just yeah. another, I, I call it three yeah. steps back, 10 steps forward. Yeah. In life, I've had a lot of step backs and uh, I seem to go tips, 10 steps forward yeah. following it. So nope. I, I'm excited for the yeah. end of this year. Now I'm curious, uh, going back to your family, your parents, are you, I don't know if it's too personal, are you set to inherit money or is this something where you know at like at some point you have a, you're gonna have a whole bunch coming in my parents aren't like uber wealthy by the okay. way it's not yeah. like <laughs> to that level i mean yes there will be money coming okay. in between myself and brother and sister okay when but, we're talking yeah. about one percent you said in their region yeah in their area yeah so it could be like someone living way, in beverly you know hills what, you know but they're the south of olympic boulevard which is <laughs> no, bad do you know what the one percent is though do you know what, what quantifies the one percent? Well, hold on. Five hundred a year. Are we taking net worth or net worth? Yeah. Ooh, oh, net, net worth. I'm not sure. I'm guessing probably got to be two and a half. Two million. Yeah, I was probably around two. twos. Sure. Well, let's use that metric then. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the whole neighborhood has got that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Income-wise, I know the government considers the 1% 400K a year. It's just tricky because this idea of like the 1% is like the Elon Musk. Yeah, and, no, and that it's, is, it's totally that is not. actually That's accurate. Point However, one if you're going to make 450000 yeah. next year, you're technically in the 1%, especially by age. Yeah, if yeah. we're making 400000 we're right. doing so quite well. I thought this is interesting. I did a video. It's actually coming out soon that uh, in terms of becoming the 1% or being in the 1%, statistically, you you have a an 11% chance of making it to the top 1% for at least one year in your lifetime. Now, here's what's crazy. Wait, wait, say that slower? Yeah. To be in the top 1%, there is an 11% chance that you in your lifetime will be in the top 1%. How is that calculated? At least once. At least once. So for one year, you can be in the top calculated? 1%. They probably look at people's budget. Let's say uh, certain sales jobs, okay. you can be in the 1% for one year. Or a big investment, Dogecoin. Yeah. Your buddy Dogecoin, if you would have sold, that's why. By that year. logic, you're always in that 11% chance. Because at, at any moment, you could go to the you casino could. and bet on whatever Correct. and win the jackpot. Yeah, and that's why it's an 11% chance. But the thing is, to stay in that 1% for five years, you have a one in 45 chance. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And then to be in there for more than 10 years, it's one in 100. Wow. Yeah, so it's a lot so of people, people hit the- it. They squander it or it's, or it's a one-off sale, a one-off event. The Dogecoin could be a good example, or you sell a business and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you receive a million dollar windfall and that's not sustainable. Um, or it's just you, you have peak earning years. Maybe you're an athlete. You just uh, talked to Pro recently. I did. So his portfolio is down to like 300. Uh, he says uh, net worth is $500,000, mm. but that includes his, his Dogecoin portfolio, I believe, is around 300 something. Uh, and then other investments, other cryptos, um, just cash. Man, I wish we had a time machine. It's just. Uh. Quick question to you guys. At what point do you have, like, what cash number do you sit on where you go, I'm comfortable taking risk that I normally wouldn't? Maybe you have 100000 in cash, you go, I'm going to stem in $20,000 of that and go buy a car. Or I would something. say that depends on the, the, I guess, relative to what I'm trying to risk it for. Like right now with the cars, yeah, it's like it's, I don't know, I'm not going to say how much it is. Sure. Yeah, you're just, flipping yeah. cars, on Flipping yeah. cars, yeah. But yeah. right now I have about half a mil in the bank, um, which is all right, but I was more comfortable with about a mil. 
Interesting. Yeah. It, we're speaking about the levels. I mean, 500,000. Yeah. I haven't had more than 10,000 in my bank account because I spend it immediately. Yeah. I love spending money. That's my yeah. next video. Your lawyer loves you, man. 125,000. Uh, that ad revenue came in. All right, send it on over. So I just yeah. got another bill this morning for $4,000 oh from this expert gosh. I had to hire, and they went to deposition. I'm like, man, when does Jeez, this stuff end? Wow. <laughs> if I was really smart, though, I would probably have 10K in the bank at any given time. Um, just because I always wanted to have 99% invested. My only worry is that there could be an opportunity cost or it could be either some ridiculous tax bill randomly that could happen or God knows well, Andre, some expense. Yeah. Keep in mind, year over year, you made more money in your cash than you did in stocks. Yeah, that's year true. Every year, stock market's down and crypto's down about uh, 40, 50%. That's true. So not always. So cash isn't always bad. I think it's sometimes worth it to keep a portion of your portfolio in cash just for opportunity. I think I have an interesting conversation topic. You guys are big in the stock market, dollar cost averaging, all this stuff. I actually don't think it's a savvy strategy for most beginners to invest in the stock market or 401ks. You guys generally believe in 401ks? I'm no. impression yeah. that yes. I don't. You don't? Okay, my, no, my no, theory, my theory is that I think everyone should focus on uh, working to get their income the highest humanly possible. No, this is them. true. If we're and, talking about a chain of command type of yeah, what you okay. should do first, this, 100%. Because I'm sure that you guys get plenty of DMs about, hey, I got 10K and I want to start investing. And I know you I, guys are busy enough where you yeah, can't answer them all. So I was yeah. going to give you a chance to possibly. Like, I always try to uh, have that distinction. Whereas before it. I give any kind of advice, you have to understand that person's situation. So yeah, 100%, I would, I would agree. That's why you income, can't even. 100% yeah. you have to focus on first. It's funny. I, I actually, the exact opposite. So uh, I think you should cut back first. And then you, then once you cut back everything that you can, that's the point to start making more. Build the habits of frugality. Right. Because otherwise, you could always make more money. You could always spend it. So right. I'm like, cut back expenses first, then make more money. As far as the 401k, it's not like I have anything against it. Personally, I'm not a huge fan because mm -hmm. I think a Roth IRA is better. I think there's so, so many other options, like maybe buying a house to house hack is a better option than that. But also, I'm just deferring. I think tax rates are only going up. So if you're deferring taxes now, to maybe pay a higher tax rate in the future. Like I can't th fathom that we would be in a lower tax bracket 30 years from now than we are today. But also, Graham, with the 401k, people could do the matching. So at least get the matching yes. bonus. Yes, oh yeah, always, right? get the, always get the 401k do match. Do the matching bonus, then do the Roth IRA. That's right, awesome. See, that's funny, because I'm like the opposite. I don't I don't even think you should look at 401ks. I'm so house hack driven. Mm. I think it's the best. Not, obviously, some people don't, the situation doesn't apply. But yeah. for me, the reason why house hacking, the reason why I preach it so much, is because you take someone, I was earning forty forty five thousand $45,000 a year. All of a sudden, you're spending $1,000 a month on total living costs, right? If you can get into a situation 5% down, 3.5% down on real estate and you can get to a point where you're break even yes there's headaches there's management that look i can share two hours yeah. worth of headaches with house hacking however when you get to the point of diminishing that a thousand dollars a month to zero now all of a sudden that person has the opportunity to possibly buy a youtube course possibly buy uh something on real estate investing start start True. the investing it's, path it's it's so hard to generalize because like for example i was in that position where i could i could have bought real estate a long time ago and i didn't because i wanted the freedom to move about if I needed to. And I, and I think owning real estate is specifically if you're, when you're starting, when you need to be there, when you need to keep your costs low, there's an opportunity cost to being stuck in that position, geographically speaking. Agreed. Where if you get a job offer somewhere else, you know, in another state where it's maybe six figures, it's, it's a lot harder to now run that house. Great point. So, I've moved like 10 times since high school, so yeah, I understand that. It's so hard to give people like generalized advice because some people are going to be entrepreneurs. Some people are going to be employees. It's like, uh, Yeah, the thing is too, the average person only stays in their home for seven years. Yeah. And that means 50% of people only live there for a few years. Right. So chances are buying isn't right for everybody. Right. 
Agreed. It's yeah, a good point. When I, I was 18, I had $12,000 and I spent it all and I maxed out my credit cards and I started my wedding business. Now, I don't recommend for anybody to max out their credit cards, but uh, let's just say those credit cards weren't there. I could have taken those $12,000 and put it into the market, but I argue that I got a better return starting my own business. Now, again, that's not for everybody, but that's what I chose to do when I was 18. Love it. I think that's the best path too. Better yeah. than house hacking is if you're the type of person that can go out and generate income. So whatever you can invest in that generates income. That's my yeah. strategy. I don't apply the same strategy that you guys do. I want to invest in people. Yeah. And so lucky he does all the work, flips cars. I don't have to do anything. No time or energy. I have three coming on four e-commerce stores all done by the operators. No time or energy. I just converted a house to Airbnb yeah. management, no but, management for me. But, but here's what's interesting. It, uh, this is the whole problem. It's like, all of that is amazing, but so much of those opportunities came because you're a social media person and you have the influence, you have the reach. It was like, not everyone might have that. Yeah, agreed. So it's like, as much as I would love to make videos about like how I flip this car, it's like, well, great, Andre, I don't have access to people like Lucky. Can I you may not talk about the car that you're about to buy or you thinking about buying. Yeah, well, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I bought you, the Aston Martin. Um, but you're, you're going to sell that, right? Sell, just, just to sell. sell. I'm not going to keep good it. Deal. Yeah. Not gonna keep it, just to flip it really quick. And I don't know how much it's gonna make, honestly. But I'd love to make a video about it. I just don't think it's gonna be relatable or it's like, okay, cool, you did that. I can't do that. The real best answer is a flow chart, right? Yeah, That's what we're essentially chart, getting exactly. at. Is like, exactly. it, it's a bunch of if else statements. I used to work in software mm. engineering, so it's like a bunch of, right. it's a binary tree, basically. Is, like, yeah. If this, then go here. If this and that, yeah. Jeremy would be really proud for us of bringing mm. Warren Buffett up, but you know, Warren Buffett's advice as far as what you should do is just invest in yourself, essentially. 100%, 100% agree. 100% I'm, I'm starting to get those questions, which is odd, because it's like, that's not my path, and nor do I even think I'm a good investor. And so when people are like, hey, what should I do investing? I'm like, I'm not really the guy. Yeah. But I almost want to put out a video just to like, just point people. Yeah. To that video. Well, that's that's how I consider myself. It's like I'm not an expert on anything, but I feel like I have enough knowledge in a, a few fields where I could at least be a compass for people. And that's as good as I'm fine with that. There's plenty of people that are smarter in stocks and more sophisticated with whatever day trading or real estate. And, I, and I'm happy to be the guy that kind of breaks it down in a simple way that opens people up to that to the right question. And that's why I love YouTube is like before YouTube, if you guys remember, there was the blogs, right? It was like all the bloggers doing that stuff with, uh, what are the, what are some of the names? Uh, Casey. Casey. Who? Blog? Bloggers? Yeah, blog. Who were blog. some of the bloggers? I'm thinking vlog. No, no, no. Bloggers. Like this is before videos. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking vlog. That's, yeah. Uh, the only blog. Press Hilton like was the only Money like, Mustache. Oh, guys. yeah. Yeah, Tucker Max was a big one for yeah. me in college. Um, you know, penny. Like that. Something that what's what's the what's the investor guy? Yeah, what's the penny guy? <laughs> what a penny guy? Penny hoarder. Penny hoarder. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. So people like that was like, I feel like when we learned, and I think we used a lot of the same resources at the time. You needed to have the right question first. Like you needed to have that awakening where it's like, oh man, I should really learn about money, and then you ask the right question. The reason that YouTube is so wonderful is because you could be browsing the web at like 3 a.m. watching random cat videos. And then you run across a Graham Stephan video and you're like, oh, that's amazing. I didn't know I needed to know this, right? And I love that because it forces you to ask the question. Whereas the other mediums are about knowing the question beforehand. And I think that's half the struggle. Some people don't even understand to ask that question until they're 30, 40, mm -hmm. when they've been in bankruptcy or they've lost their job. And that's the opposite of what we want. That's that's a great point. Yeah. yeah, I like it. All right, another question I have for you guys. What is the value of having money when you are no longer wake up the next day? Ooh. 
When you what? No longer uh, wake uh, up? You know, uh, come on, you're yeah, the guy that like, talks uh, about the YouTube. Are you when you aren't alive? <laughs> when you, when you no longer <laughs> wake up? I'm like, I why wouldn't I, that's like, would I, oversleep, would I oversleep? <laughs> did the alarm not go off? <laughs> why didn't I wake up? This is like a philosophical question. Josh, I hate thinking about that. Um, I don't know. People are taking care of you. Don't have to. You don't have to worry. I wouldn't worry anyway. Well, the reason uh, why yeah. is I think it's uh, Alex Hormozzi is the best at this, where he starts asking questions, and it really makes you rethink certain belief systems that you have. Yeah. And one thing that's happened to me recently is my as my income goes up and my confidence in obtaining that income year after year has gone up. I believe I'll be a high earner, and so it's really started to make me think like, what's the value of money? What is the value of today versus the future? Which is the question we always struggle with, right? Is are you building up your 401k or whatever for a bright future? Or do you want to spend that today? It's such a tough question. I think it's one of life's toughest questions. And so do you spend the money today knowing that what does it really matter when you pass? Yeah, so, but you're probably going to live a lot longer. Statistically, so like, you will live longer. Sure, but yeah. we all have a skill set that's going to make good money. And so we many, have an investment strategy such that we have money coming in. Yeah, so many people use that kind of philosophy um, to a detriment where it's like, I'm sure we've all heard it before. It's like, well, I could die tomorrow. Oh, hit by a bus. Yeah, That's yeah, the most yeah. common. How many That's people like, get hit by a by bus? By the way, let really? me be clear. I'm not talking about spending 20 grand a month recklessly. Right. I'm saying the, the little expenses right. here and they're like, oh, you want a sports you car? You only live once. Yeah, that, like you that, want a sports yeah, car yeah. and your, yeah. your car payment went from $500 a month to $2,500 a month. Here's how I've tried to rectify that problem in my own head as far as like, you only live once, Andre. You should get yourself that Lamborghini and enjoy it. Where it's like, I, I think if you can practice gratitude um, retrospectively as you look back at everything you've accomplished and as long as you're happy with less, I think you can deal with that like, oh, I should buy more stuff because it'll make me happier. So I try not to think of it in those terms and I try to be happy in the moment constantly rather than looking forward to a brighter future where I'm wealthier because I think at the end of the day that will not have that same happiness level that I imagine myself to have in the future. Did that change once you reached a threshold where you're like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Okay. It's it's changed it as I've become wealthier. I I notice myself that I'm not happier than I was before. Sure. I, I'm I'm less anxious. Sure. Right. I I don't have to budget as much. All those things are great. But the way that I think about having money is like the same as having your health or the same as breathing. You never wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm so grateful to be breathing and like be healthy. But it's one of those things when you're not when you're sick. Like, oh man, I wish I was more grateful when I was. How much money do you want, doctor, if you yeah, can get me back to right? feeling good? Yeah. I, I thought about this to myself. I remember having In COVID. Money. I remember having COVID and I was like, I will give up 99% of all my money right now to never feel like this again. That's, it's like the simplest thing. Right. So if you can be happy with less. Oh, this is actually an interesting segue. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was curious what you guys thought about. We talk about investing, right? And generally, it's like investing to make money, investing in mental health and physical well-being. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll start. I notice I get Athletic Greens, which is 80 bucks They're a month great. or something. Yeah, so it's like great. You start investing in better food, yep. better uh, nutritious or higher nutritious value food that you put in your body. I've been going to boxing twice a, month, yeah, or twice a week cool. now, which is like great exercise. But also little things like I've been going to get massages, which I told you you need to do, mm -hmm. three a month. These are little things that I wasn't doing before. Now that I'm making a little more, I view that as an investment in yourself. And I'm curious if I'm going to leave yeah. it open for you guys. I've kept up the boxing training. I've really enjoyed it. Never had a personal trainer before that. And I love it. Good. It, it's such good exercise. And uh, I got on a really healthy diet when I was doing all that. And I've just kept it. That's good. It's so hard to get back on it. So I've just, you know, if I continue at like 90% the same thing, I'll just keep doing it. I told myself, I asked myself that exact question. Like, Andre, if you were to stop YouTube, what would you focus on? It would be my personal health 
And you just get health. jacked. Do you feel it? Like, where would you put? Jacked. That's what no. I would do. On I just scale of one to ten, jacked like yeah. not like crazy, but like yeah. I hate the like way Alex I feel sluggish. I don't know. What does he look like? He's huge, jacked, huge, yeah, he's huge. Muscular. You see, like his his cat. Well, you, he is the biggest calves yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. They're on a scale like, of yeah. one to ten, where would you place yourself right now in physical health? Like seventy five percent of the way there. It's not bad. I'm not totally out of shape, but still, uh, I don't want to be jacked. I love feeling light. The, the big guys are just like you're so yeah. sluggish. No, and I love slow. the feeling of the pump afterwards. Really? Like you just the feel, pump. yeah. The, you, get, you get the pump. You like if you work at the gym, you, you know, know what I'm the, talking about. Right? What? Arnold. I don't the know. Pump. The it's pump. one of the best clips <laughs> in the movie history. Yeah, Arnold's Arnold's movie. Oh yeah, and then gosh. also investing in books is something that. I in my background I have books I kind of like I to represent that. I cannot read books, man. No way. I'm the worst. No. I don't know what it is. Maybe I have a short attention span like a squirrel. I can't read books. And I'm sure you've asked yourself this, but was it the topic or the book that was not right or you just couldn't find No, anything? I mean like I No, I I Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's probably a hybrid of, of both because I've I've read all the Harry Potter series like I've been glued to it, but I'm that's fascinating. I guess I consume I, my my information differently. Yeah, you're very cerebral. I would see you as a book nerd. No, no, fascinating. I'm the worst. No, because something I'm enjoying recently now that I've dropped from three videos oh, a week to gosh. two, which really upset this you guy. You know what? And it, and it is because <laughs> you should have seen his face when I was yeah. like, Graham, uh, the next couple you know months what? I'm releasing one video Ad a week, and he goes, no. Because you know what? Ad rates are going down. Yeah, Ad rates true. are going down, Spencer. So now is your time before they drop any yeah. lower for you to get out three videos a week. Yeah, you've got one more a year. He's like, give gosh, me a timeline. Yeah. No, uh, anyway, uh, now that I have a little more time, I've been trying to yeah. figure out like what's the balance in life? What do I really want? Yeah. And one thing I really enjoy reading in, in uh, various topics, I really enjoy reading Dan Bilzerian's book of yeah. all things. Yeah. Does that bring anything to my life? I don't know. Right. But once you start, I don't know, for me personally, once I start introducing books back into my life, it opens up my mind to different possibilities and different worlds. What do you like about Dan's book? It was really entertaining. One thing I really appreciate about Dan Bilzerian is how open he is about the psychology of fame and a, a certain level of success with women that no guy it's just a for give a, us like a cliff notes give us like yeah. a cliff notes of what we can absorb from it that you oh man felt like you got value out of the story where he a girl joins his van with the boy i don't know if you want to get into this. Well, let's, it's a PG. bunch of debauchery and, give it give it the and, pg version yeah, like what's PG the lesson it? learned yeah here? Well, uh, well tell us now I i'm curious what happened lesson. it's more it's more entertainment it's like okay. watching, it's like watching a happy madison movie you're okay. not, you're not gonna us, learn anything i don't care okay. i'm curious now what happens i'm invested in the story one this thing i'm band. fascinated with dan is his understanding of hedonic adaptation he's the first celebrity i've ever seen that understood it 
And that's one thing I appreciate about him. Who's talking about what happened in the yeah. van? Yeah. But but him, oh, the van was a story where he was PG in like Italy. Version. Sure, okay. Italy, and he's going with a crew, and wherever he goes, it's a spectacle. He's got eight the most beautiful women you've ever seen, and a couple security guards, and all of a sudden, a girl joins the crew. He could spot her looking in, and is like, oh, I want to join this crew. So the girl joins the crew, they get in the van, and a guy comes up and is like, you know, he thinks he wants a picture. He's like, no, no, no. And I get trying to figure out what's he saying. There's commotion. He's like, that's my girlfriend. And Dan looks at the girl and her friend, like, that's your boyfriend. Do you want to leave? And they just gave an indication that they didn't want to leave. And so the van got shut, van door got shut, and the van took off to a private yacht where they engaged in adult activities. Okay. And uh, the guy ends up coming to the yacht. He like chases them down. They're freaking out. Oh like, my dude, gosh. I, and the, the bodyguard's like, what's going on? Like, this, yeah. we got to handle this. And he goes, the, the poor kid, the, the girlfriend had the keys to the house. The poor kid couldn't get home. Oh. And that's and part of that book was just like Dan was just like this is absurd, you know. He felt bad for wow. Yikes. So that, I thought that was a really interesting story. And the people watching like, "Oh my god, what does Spencer like to read?" I just find that stuff interesting. It was yeah. entertaining and it was interesting. The reason why is because I enjoy seeing different perspectives in life, and this is a, a perspective I've never understood, and it's a, I'm fascinated with fame and how it affects people and yeah. the people around them, and so I really enjoy someone who can speak from that side so candidly yeah very few people do no i agree because they have too. an image to uphold mm -hmm. but he doesn't no i agree i think it's fascinating as well speaking Definitely of the, the health stuff how you said investing in health yeah. i read somewhere that there is actually a, a centenarian gene where people that live to 100 uh where it's more about your genetics it's very little to do with exactly how your health habits are. go to the gym you can see it firsthand when some guys are like i i work out much better than him yeah. there was a quick story in college i had a friend of mine 62205 football player athletic as can be, right? And me and my buddy are trying to bodybuild and we're analyzing the macros and macronutrients yeah. and we're counting our calories and going to the gym and the most perfect regimen known to man. And we're trying to get bigger. And this guy has the most perfect physically shaped body, you know, phys muscular definition's perfect. Yeah. And we're like, dude, what do you do? Like, how do you get so in shape? You're way better looking than us. And he's like, oh, wait, really? You like count your, ma what's macros and what's protein? <laughs> he goes to McDonald's. And you're like, wow, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, he could like lift up a cup of coffee. You're like, he just <laughs> grew an extra bicep <laughs> from that dude. Uh, I've seen it firsthand yeah. for sure. Yeah. You saw this in sports too. So I played college yeah. baseball. Oh, you did? This, and uh, you, I played plenty of guys who reached the big leagues, reached pros, got drafted, all those, played with and against. And a lot of those guys don't necessarily work harder. They just are bigger, faster, stronger, and better. Yeah. There's also another really quick side point. Uh, there's probably a certain subset of the population that makes professional. We, you guys talked to Austin Eckler. Yeah. There's something all these guys have that is top 1%, mm -hmm. hand-eye coordination, the, stim the way your body reacts to stimulus and training that we all have. But, but tying it back to investing, I feel like we all have an advantage. And this is something I was actually gonna bring up is the idea of having an, inved an edge in investing. So in sports betting, the winners have what is called an edge, one to 3% against the books. And when you have an edge, it just becomes a volume game. The more volume you get down, the more you make, obviously, because you have an edge. And so I've thought of like the best investing strategy is probably where you have an edge. And so I was curious if you guys had ever considered, do you guys feel like you have an edge in I any area? I think that's area? what index funds are supposed to be. Okay. Just that for, small Are we talking edge. about for investing or making money? Just uh, making money, investing, just kind of broad yeah. level I th Yeah, I, th I think my edge is focus. Your it's edge just, is YouTube 100%. Your ability to, you, what your superpower is with YouTube is your con ability to be consistent. Three videos a week for well, that's, that's what I think the, fo years. the focus yeah. is. Is I, I have, a, I thought everyone just, just focus, just do mm -hmm. it. But uh, I could tune everything out. As long as I'm just, no distractions, I could just, lock myself in a room just get something done i think that's something for those of you who might dm one of us it's like how do i get started with investing i have a thousand dollars the real question is where's your edge 
There's some people who know the car business way better. You'll make more than all of us in the car business because you know something that we don't, or maybe you have a, a the ability to analyze right. the stock market right. or whatever it is, flip houses. Everyone's got something. And whatever that is for someone, if they have an edge in that marketplace, they're going to make as much money as they want to make. What would you say your strength is? My strength is yeah. resiliency. Resiliency. Yeah. So just constantly just going at it no matter what. I'm always forward thinking. That's yeah. why like with the lawsuit, it's like, eh, I'm broke, whatever. Right. I'll bounce back. <laughs> Once it's over, I'm going to make more money. Uh, That's fair. Actually, back to the mm -hmm. being around wealth. One thing that I've noticed around uh, being around wealthy people is that at some point, I think we all reach a point where we make enough where we can't spend it. And one thing I've noticed is these people, because they don't spend their money, why would you spend 30, 40 years of your life toiling away in hard work to make a bunch of money that you never spend? And so one thing that I have admirable confidence in is my ability to, at some point, whether that's next year, five years, 10 years, I'll make enough where I can't spend it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I don't really care what my bank account says today because at some point I'm gonna be uber wealthy. I just have abnormal level of confidence. Whether it's rational or irrational, I don't care. Don't worry, so, that would no, stress me out. I think no. the opposite. I think every day I'm gonna be broke. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, yeah, tomorrow You're like the happen. epitome of never underestimate the guy who overestimates himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a term called irrational confidence, and a lot of guys in the NBA have yeah. this, where you're like, why are you taking that shot? Yeah. And they hit it, and yeah. that's what gets them to the NBA. Mm. I, I could really relate with the concept of enough. I think there was like an anecdote i forget exactly how it goes but it's like you know a husband and a man uh, a husband and his wife are, are walking on a beach and they see a yacht way out way out in the distance in the ocean and he says to his wife hey you see that guy he's he's a billionaire but uh, he'll he, i have something he will never have she's like what's that enough and that's i think it, i think that's an important trait to, to understand when you're enough is enough agreed yeah i talk about it numerically how you can find that enough number where it's probably yeah. a lot less than you realize. Yeah, it's so a lot that's where it is with me. I feel like it's I'm how much very you spend. Close. It's yeah. how much you mm -hmm. spend. Is and what my it is. spend is so low that yeah. yeah, of course I have aspirations to have certain style house. I want to be able to throw like one thing I would love to do is be able to throw a monthly party where you cater bills on me guys, but you yeah. have like a bunch of people show up yeah. and that's a way to network. You know what's mm -hmm. crazy? Uh, when I lived in my smaller house, it was like seventeen hundred square feet. I used to throw together like these little get-togethers with my friends and they would all come over and there's like 10 15 people there but it felt so cozy and it felt like a grand old time right now i have a 4300 square foot house like that giant one with the loft i could invite 30 people and i feel embarrassed i'm like this this feels like it's not a party it's like i need more people to stuff this house with it's interesting so it's like the more stuff you bring in your life the more you have to fill it with other stuff it's never enough. There's the interesting story about spending years and years and years toiling away, trying to make as much money as you can to afford the big house. Once you get the big house, you never develop friendships along the way because all you did was work. So right. then you have no one to invite to your big house. Right. No, but what if you make work exactly. friends? I don't <laughs> know. Friends. To me, it's just like- We're yeah, super lucky make, that yeah. we, we're, in, we're in like a small community that is the creator community. And so there's a natural- connection that we all share yeah but i feel like that's in every like for me real estate was the same thing it's like you're in the real estate community and you talk with another agent it's like you instantly hit it off because you relate to each other i feel like, i feel point. like that's, that's it in a lot of businesses yeah i'm i'm jealous of graham's fulfillment where it's like i think he gets fulfilled by working and earning and i think that's really admirable whereas like i don't find oh yeah i know i love work yeah I love you, it. Yeah. you you live to work. I want to work to live. Yeah. I love feeling productive. Yeah. Like I took uh, some, most of this weekend off, but there was one afternoon. I was just like, I felt so good getting stuff done. I cleaned all the windows outside. Yeah, I'll the do squeegee. that too. Yeah. I loved that. I yeah. felt so good. If I don't do something, I just get sleepy and tired and sad. No, I, was, like, doing I always something. have to be productive for sure yeah. too, but my, I have to like do different things. I can't yeah. just focus on one thing.
Yeah. I can though. I will have that same focus as you where it's like everything melts away and no one exists. Yeah. yeah. It's flow state. I, I, know I love exactly it. That. Yeah. I have noticed a little bit of that in me when my ad right. revenue went down from 25,000, 20,000 down to like 9,000. I was okay, but I did notice when I jumped back to two videos a week, there is an element of the accomplishment, the sense mm, of accomplishment. Yeah. Where Imagine you see a number goes three up. now. I'm going to get you back to three. I will say uh, not a chance. <laughs> three I'm trying to up my production. I also do want to pivot a little bit like the fake guru stuff is great. It we've had talks off camera. Me and Andre have talked about this ad nauseum, but there is something to like when you're constantly looking at flaws and fraud and all your DMS or this guy's a fraud and this guy, it's like, it wears, okay, on, you. It wears on you. And it really does yeah. mentally. I'm not that guy. I'm super optimistic. I want joy. I'm a joyful person. And I think what I'm doing is good. I do think there is a benefit to calling out certain practices and there is an awareness. Please be aware of certain people that promote. Unfortunately, there are people out there who don't understand that 30% guarantee returns mm. are not, you should probably be very careful with someone who promotes that. And so I believe I'm that voice to say, be careful. We've always, we've kind of chatted about, um, how do you get to a goal? How do you go from A to B? Mm -hmm. Some people are, I'm going to teach you how to build the bridge from A to B. Some people say, I want to, I want to teach you how to stay away from this danger over here in order to get from A to B. I feel like I'm that guy. However, I want to start pivoting a little bit. I'm going to do a video. I'm actually going out to Phoenix tomorrow behind the scenes of my buddy's $150 million company. I would love to do those videos. Like how did he actually build the company? Mm-hmm. And no, do kind of a mix between that's good, positive. For sure. And I, I agree. It's always better to show people a better path than it is to try to tear someone else's path down. Yeah. If it's a bad path, it'll tear itself down. I don't necessarily completely agree with the idea that I'm like tearing paths down. Yeah. But I, I'm just for the more macro philosophically, yeah, I do think that. you have a good point. Yeah. And I completely agree. Yeah. It will eat you alive. But I will say back to the wealth thing. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like the more stuff you have, the more it bears down on you, if that makes sense. You watch Fight Club? One of the best movies, yeah. what you own ends up owning you. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's why Andre bought an Audi R8. <laughs> I haven't bought it one. You haven't bought it yet. No, no, no. Oh, you got to fill the garage, right? You get the big house and you got three garage think spots. You got to get three cars. Thank you. It's a flip it. Okay. Yeah. Flip, flip, flip it. it. I, don't, I don't need to drive a crazy luxury car, thankfully. I only got the Tesla just for safety because it's like the safest car out there. Normally, I, I drove a Toyota Corolla and that's my girlfriend Corey's. So I'm like, man, it would be a shame to get hit by a truck in a Corolla. While I'm making all this YouTube money for however long. Hey, you long should try a Volvo. Those are pretty safe. Too. Yeah, you got the yeah, thousand dollar like, Volvo, yeah. which I heard you tried to sell to Pro for six thousand dollars. That's what it's worth. What the heck? It's worth six thousand dollars. Look at Morby not teach you anything that Look, you try to sell for six on terms. I tried to. I tried, you to, tried sell to get it. me to pay for it on payments. Oh, I said no, I was trying to get a, a car for no my wife, shame. and he was like. He was, I know how much he paid for it because I'm the one who went and picked it up. And you know what? He's still trying to sell it to me for $6,000. Okay, so Andre, so here's my example. You bought a Bored Ape NFT for 100 bucks. I have, I have. Oh, but let's just say, okay, sure, hypothetically, sure, sure. does that influence the price that you would sell it for today because you bought it at 100? Would you take $300 Depends for on it? who I'm selling to. Okay, $600. You bought it for 100. Someone's like, I'm going to pay you 600 bucks. I know how much you paid for it. $100. I'm offering you six times That's that. That's not a fair premise oh, there. It's not a fair premise. How you not? know why? Because you set up a bored ape expectation. We can't set that premise up. Okay, but the market value of the car is around $6,000. Okay. That's the mar if, if I were to put it online, oh, I'd get that. Yes. I'd, I don't want to sell it, but I, but if here's, I did, I would want market think, value. Here's where I think people have a problem with it, is if you're selling it to like someone you work with or your close friends, then it's like, ah, uh, why would you do that? 
I don't want to sell the car though. That's the thing. But I would sell it on the market for six k. And then I wouldn't no sell it. But I but I said you know if if he wants to buy it, I'd rather it go to a friend <laughs> at market value. <laughs> that doesn't. Make I don't want to say okay. So I I get more value than I would get from like seven thousand dollars for the car. Right. So like if someone offered me eight, I would be on the fence whether or not I actually want to sell it for Probably, that car. Yeah. Because I would drive be on it the a fence lot. If someone offered you eight k. I because I drive it a lot. You have a Tesla Model Three. I drive that car more. I don't know why. why? I just do. I just do. Okay, because I don't have to worry about it. I just I fill up a gas. Talk and, about investing. Investing in your safety. This is that's a safe car. That's a safe car. That is not but anyway. A safe but car. my the point. Volvo is that's like twenty car. years old. It's not. It's two thousand six. Not even twenty years old. <laughs> it's like sixteen. <laughs> so what? It, it doesn't feel like okay, that. Imagine yeah. this. Uh, I don't yeah. want this to happen. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hypothetically, you're driving around as a decamillionaire. Mm-hmm. And then you get hit by a truck and then you, whatever, something happens. You're like, if I was only less frugal and I was driving in a safer car, I would have been better off. Doesn't that worry you? There could always be a safer car. Are be you getting a, the Cybertruck, by the way? Uh, I mean, I put down that everyone put that $100 Maybe on that's it. a fair... But here's the thing. But, yeah, I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I could always say, well, you know, imagine something happened to you in a Model 3. You could have gotten a Rolls-Royce Cullinan. And that then you would no. be above everyone else. And you're in that car. You could get one of those like defender no. cars. There, there's diminishing good. returns though. Because you could with that point you could be like, you should just drive a, drive a semi. Well then yeah. You, yeah. then you should probably hire a driver and be in the backseat of an SUV. No, I think there's a point at which there's you get ninety percent of the way there. It's like you, you got the practicality. I, don't know. Got the I think safety. Volvos are incredibly safe. People drive older cars in that all the time. I hear a lot of justification for why he owns it. Yeah. I don't know if it's the safest. Yeah. Volvo, I think it's. I listen. I I think it's perfectly Dude, fine. You need a Jeep four x four. One of these monster yeah, ones with six armored. Six. No armored six by six gladiator. Yeah, bad bad. A you look <laughs> YouTube algorithm. You know how yeah. bad bad boy you would look if you pulled up with armored vehicle and <laughs> some big dudes jumping out like your security. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's the next move for you. Oh, gosh, I'm curious. When do you get private chefs? Ooh. I would, yeah. I told I've Macy I'd, I'd love about that. Have you got, yeah. you, oh yeah, you guys are friends with Dylan, so yeah. this is something we t- chatted about. Yeah, Dylan had a private chef. And he, he didn't did like not, it. Oh, okay. He did not pay nearly as much as I thought he would. Like you think a private chef, grand, you gotta be rich. That's yeah, like three, three grand a month. <laughs> Only. A hundred dollars. So for a hundred dollars a day, <laughs> I would imagine yeah. that like you could basically go to Trader Joe's and buy all the pre-made meals for No, but Dylan was telling me, he's like, I could go to SDK every day and probably still spend less. Which makes sense. Yeah. You could go out every day. But it's the hassle of going out. True. You Do you get, guys yeah. have more internal confidence looking at a bank account with more money than when you first started this journey? More confidence? Internal with confidence. Oh, internal How confidence. How you view yourself, your self-esteem, the way you carry yourself. Um, yeah, but it's less to do with money and it's more to do with me figuring out my place in the world and Got the it. kind of value yeah. I provide. For me, it's security. Just knowing that like it's not you, could, you could mess up on a you know, a reasonable scale and still be totally fine. Yeah, do you yeah. relate with this concept? Uh, when my world is falling apart, I'm the least stressed. When I'm doing incredibly well in my life, that's when I'm the most stressed. Oh, fascinating. You know why? Because when I'm making a ton of money, my thought is I could be doing more or like I could lose this at any point. How do I capitalize on this right now while I still have the eyeballs to make it into something bigger? Expectations. Expectations. But when... I'm not making as much or I'm just not, I'm down on my luck or whatever it is. Things are falling apart. And like, well, things can't get worse than, you know, I can only go up from here. So I'm most relaxed when I'm doing the worst. And I'm most stressed when I'm doing the best because I always want to push myself beyond my limit, beyond my best. And I'm always faulting myself for how could I do it even better than, 
Yeah, YouTube algorithm probably this? doesn't help when you're like, when yeah. it's the red arrow down, you release a good video, like the Logan Paul video, which was really good. Yeah. It's like nine uh, out of What 10. happened to that? That's I was about most, to, that's did, that like, ever, did that ever pick up or no? Oh, I haven't checked. What if it's at a million views? How do you not check? I check I all check. of my old videos. Because <laughs> data does not influence anything. <laughs> it doesn't so change how you make videos. Yeah. Like you can't change it. I, I feel like we all have like an internal I meter for how, data. are we proud of this latest video? Yeah. No, it's exactly. I, I, I relate more to that. Hasn't really grown. That's that's odd. I thought that would be a video that would long tail, and usually my videos long tail. Like Me that, too. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I I loved making it, and I loved hanging out. So the reason fine. why I ask about the internal confidence is I wonder about this idea. Once you're doing better, like you get the private chef, does it does it make you into a? I don't really know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> more of like more confident you, <laughs> where you have a private chef, like you start to you start to view yourself as. More important, but I don't want to get it like yeah. you, you feel like you're more important than others. Here's, here's what's crazy. Yeah, here's yeah. what's crazy. I've actually held back on inflating my lifestyle from that vanity metric because I've been, when I was much younger, not quite on this level, but I remember when I had more and I perceived myself as that way, I became less of a good person. Okay. I'm also thinking more along the lines of like, if you want to if you have aspirations of a certain net worth or you want to be around certain yeah. people with certain net worth, do you start doing the things that they do to feel more uh, I, I don't. relatable? I don't. I, no. I think that's a them issue. This is all like philosophical yeah. questions. I, I, I think that, that's yeah. a them issue. If they, yeah. need, if they need materialistic success or chefs to feel like they're validated, I think that's a them problem. Interesting. Because yeah. I, I will say on a like step one of this yeah. is getting your own place. Yeah. Something I want to do by the end of this year because I still r live with roommates. Yeah. Buying your own place and living in a nicer house certainly makes you feel better about yourself. I have more confidence in myself and I believe that plays well to YouTube because in the moment where you, a video comes out, it's the 10 out of 10, I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm confident in myself. I have reason to believe that I'm going to do really well in life. And I, I was just curious if you felt like these are factors that play into yeah, that kind of I, overall belief system in yourself. I, I think there's a degree at which it, it loses meaning. Like 90% of the way there, like owning a house, yeah. owning a car, having a purpose. And then once you reach those basic milestones, the rest is just like kind of vain. Salad dressing. Yeah, salad dressing, or, or extra yeah. salad dressing. Yeah, I wouldn't. And also, I think at a point, so much of life has to do with experiencing it. Like, Agreed. Even the simplest things. Like flying private to Tampa. Come on, that's a <laughs> once in a lifetime thing. Uh, well, I was yeah, just thinking because yeah. everyone was flying. We do. We flew 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. That was miserable. I'm like, yeah. dude, I got to start making more money. I can't do this. Really? Oh, oh, that was awful. They had other flights, though. I mean, they had flights that left that morning, unfortunately. They weren't direct flights. They were Delta, but they yeah, were like I, nine hours in between. Oh, yeah. No, just, I had a layover. Just take JetSuite. They're not they don't fly to Florida. Unfortunately, JetSuite doesn't go all the way to Tampa. Right. But JetSuite's a game changer. I hope yeah. you start taking You know what? JetSuite. I actually booked a flight, JetSuite. Yeah, booked it. it. It's uh, this upcoming Monday. I'm going down Have to LA for a few, a few days. Never done it before. Oh, it's going to change your life. No, so oh, you've done it. You know I've what's crazy? It. It's great. So I looked at normal plane tickets. Now, yeah. when I wanted to leave, the plane tickets were about 120 bucks or about 100 bucks one way from Vegas to LA. The Jet Suite X was $219. Yeah, it's almost. This the same. is what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, I feel like at some point you just don't look at the price. Like to me, your time is worth. Oh, I know. Yeah, so much more. I don't know. I don't know what to place your time at. But to me, like the idea of anything under five thousand dollars, I don't even think you should consider. The, the well, price the thing is, sometimes personally. I look at like how much I could reasonably do in a day, and my my time is less valuable at twelve midnight because I'm not doing anything anyway than sure. it is at like eight o'clock in the morning. So it's sometimes when I'm energy. like when I'm done, yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Being able yeah. to pull up to Jet Suite and you got your little valet and you can walk right up, and the cute girls like, okay, it's five minutes till takeoff, and you just sit down, and five minutes later you're right on the tarmac. Yeah. 
There's a lot of value. Hey, I'll that. try it out. What if I've it's never not a done cute it. girl? What if it's like a big sweaty dude? I'm just trying to make the story <laughs> sound more alluring. Someone yeah. for everyone, Andre. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Sons is like, I'm out of here. I want Graham to walk up thinking he's gonna walk in on a red carpet and be given some chocolate. Yeah. Hey, like five minutes away. Well, that's something I've noticed in myself yeah. is how how do I value time and energy? And you guys are I think that's a about, very slippery slope. Oh yeah, and no, I, I went down the rabbit hole. Slightly slope. disagree. I think I think it's really important to evaluate to at least have some moments uh, again, where you think about in it. moderation. I think there comes a point at which if you view your le- your life through that lens of everything is a financial game. Like I've I've been there when I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm like, how much is this costing me? Yeah, I've done Ooh, that too. I I could be I could have made five thousand dollars right now. And I'm like, oh, th- th- wait, let me snap out of this. This is not cool. I'm sure. spending time with my friends with my family. I should not be thinking this. My way. point is that you shouldn't think about money in the moment. Exactly what you're explaining. Right. Yes. We, we agree. We yes, actually we agree, agree, even though, right. yeah. But I'm saying it's a slippery slope because Maybe so. what, and, and what I don't will lead you to world. get to that yeah. point is you, you don't suddenly stop thinking that way. Got it. You know, yeah. A lot of these questions understand that you guys are where I want to be in two to three years. So a lot of these right. are asking some. I'm actually very curious. Yeah, I've still not snapped out of that, by the way. Yeah. That uh, that I, I know like every hour is worth X amount. And if that activity, I always think to myself, is that activity worth that amount of money? Like would I pay that amount of money for doing that? And it really was bad. Yeah. Um, well, I thought everything about the, going like, to Tampa yeah. with that flight schedule, it messed up our entire next day yeah. because we have to get in and then we nap. And then before you know it, it's two and yes. we're all hungry. And then we get the crew together and we go eat. It's five o'clock. You go, oh my gosh, where, where did the day go? Yeah. Well, part of that was the, the flight. And if we had the ability to possibly use our time really efficiently in whatever manner you determine, yeah, and that's where you start yes. evaluating the cost. There are certain things that I agree with um, that that helped. Uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I got a first class plane ticket to Florida. Mm. Yeah, not this, not for the for the fight, but um, Macy was going with her family to Disneyland, and I told her honestly, I don't think I could make it, but I would let you know the night before. And it depends if I could get ahead enough, I'll make it. And I got ahead enough, and so I'm looking at the flights, and because it was so last minute, the normal flights were like. Twelve to thirteen hundred dollars round trip, but the first class round trip was like eighteen hundred dollars, and I did it. I'm proud, <laughs> and I did it. Oh my gosh! Very proud. Graham Stefan exposed. Yeah. Title of the video. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I was blown away. So in the flights, it's uh, I got my own little cubby, like my own little cube. So I, I never was sitting next to another person, and the seat reclined all the way with its own little thing. I planned out a video. Mm. A full video on the airplane. And that's something that like usually I can't plan unless I'm like at my desk just in a silent room. And I did that on the airplane. Oh, that's interesting. Video. Exactly what so, I'm explaining. So I made yeah. that money back probably at least five times over by planning. And I paid for the Wi-Fi. And so I had emails. I planned out sponsorships. I planned out the video. I got yeah. so much done in that time. It was incredible. So certain situations like that, I'll pay for that again. That was worth it. Mm, I flew proud. first class once internationally on uh, British Airlines to the UK, to London specifically for the Now You See Me 2 set, or the the film. And uh, yeah, it changed flying for me, it ruined it. That's how just it was I was me. on a bed, like I could sleep, yeah. it was amazing. Never again. Yeah, and they brought me food and it was so good. Like this food seemed like restaurant quality food. Yeah. And it was weird, at the first plane, because there was a layover, she's like, do you want champagne? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and I felt bad. They because offered I didn't, Jet Suite. But I didn't want champagne, but I felt, bad about like i paid for i should get champagne i didn't get the champagne congrats on the ftx sponsorship we're celebrating yeah yeah yeah. no that's cool the the international flight though i will say was like 10 grand 
which I would never yeah. pay for. I mean, you could also pay for it with credit card points. And there are ways to level that true, up. True, and, true, true. If you're a crazy spender. Yeah, no, not nice. even sign up bonuses. All right, you guys yeah, have $100 yeah. for the next six months. How do you allocate the $100? If the goal of the game is to, in, the, in six months, who has the most money wins the game? You should have you, you should have asked the question. So uh, how does how does the middle class live on sixty thousand dollars a year? <laughs> that was one of Jeremy's questions. Just out of the blue. How do how do you raise a family? Hey, how do you raise a family? Sixty. <laughs> Speaking of crypto, so, how do you raise a family so, on sixty k a year? What's so so we have to make the hundred dollars and do as you much have to as spend the hundred dollars and who whoever, spend it. Yeah, you have to or well, invest it. Gosh, how how much time do we have? Six months. Six end of the year months. to the end of the year. Uh, like. Given the current climate, yeah, I know what I do. I'm curious because I know the audience yeah. is probably looking at you and guys. And that's all you like, have what, is hundred dollars. Well, hundred dollars is just a metaphorical hundred, hundred thousand. I didn't want to say Wait, a million. Oh gosh, everyone. no, well, no, no, it's no, no, no. Not everyone has a million dollars. Oh, come what I'm saying on, is, hundred, just, hundred how you million. Allocate, the point is percentage-wise, how you allocate. Oh, I thought because I was about to say the hundred bucks, you get a sign, some car wash, detailing supplies, and you wash cars for like twenty bucks a car. That's fair. That's what I would say. But then it's a lot different if it's like a hundred grand. Yeah. I mean, percentage well, wise. The, the average audience, maybe they have $10,000. How are percentage they allocating it? Percentage wise, I'd say probably 70% index funds, uh, 20% real estate, uh, maybe 10% risk, or it could be 5% risk, 5% cash. How old is this hypothetical person? 25 to 35. All right. That's probably your it's audience, right? Age, for money, yeah. money. Mostly, yeah. 18 to 35-ish. Yeah. I, I would not be, do what Graham's doing. I, I would keep, I would be much more cash heavy. I'd be at least 50% cash heavy right now. Yeah, just I would case. put 10K into I-bonds, get, get my guaranteed 9%, and then the rest I would split probably evenly among the stock market and Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's what I would do. I would do exactly what I did when I was 18 years old. I'd spend it all, start a business. Yeah, that too. I, that yeah. too. That I really too, like yeah. that. I think trying to figure out how to... It's just so generate. difficult when you're like, you have to invest it. Oh, yeah. Like, I saw uh, a TikTok. It was actually really interesting. The window washing business. Mm. I don't know how real this is, but this kid uh, does these side hustles and sees how much money he can make in a day. And he did incredibly well going door to door, washing windows for like $10 a window. And I forget how much money he made, but it was a significant, it was, it was a significant amount to the point where like more people should be doing window washing businesses. This was Jeremy's son, right? You know, what's a great flipping business going on eBay or Craigslist and buying things that you know about, like whether it's Pokemon cards or whatever it is, little collectible items and then flipping them. Oh my gosh. People can flip, make a killing. It's amazing. Whatever it is. I don't exactly know what you should be buying, but whatever you think you know enough about i did that with lego sets andre yeah i know yeah, some guy amazing. had some very expensive lego sets that he didn't know like what he had and i offered him a decent price and yeah it was insane you know what i could see legos making a huge comeback now even macy's talking about doing legos i bought Corey like, some lego recently really what is it on the, i don't understand i think it was I think because of the, a pandemic where so people yeah. were stuck inside they wanted stuff to do um lego had a huge marketing campaign and they were selling like crazy and it hit the nostalgia with the current generation okay. and I think it sold. And do you, I, yeah. yeah. Do you think we're about to see a huge uptick and surge in Legos right now? <laughs> like you, I know are you consulting me as the Lego expert. I, honestly, I, I went, we went to the Lego store in uh, Summerlin or whatever. The place was packed yeah. Yeah. more than any other store. People were there buying Legos. I'm hearing Legos is a better investment than tattooed chef. Is that what I'm hearing? No, well, anything. Well, Jeremy's not here to defend himself oh, now. Sorry, sorry. But I've I've heard something similar too. Legos have, certain Lego sets have outperformed the stock market too. The ten thousand dollars I would spend in social media. Obviously, we're all 
very we're in this game but yeah, i think yeah. i still think that is the best what do you mean ROI. when you say social media what is that? um everyone is probably has a different path to go down we're i feel like we're pretty strong in youtube obviously we've done pretty well there some people they're maybe there might be real estate agents and so they start TikTok. what if you get one client a month from your TikTok? Mm. right that's a big roi i think social media right now i've never been more bullish on anything than social media oh 100 do you do you feel like it's recession proof and by oh, recession proof i mean that you can you can still sustain a full-time living no i think matter it's the economy. proven to be the case i agree i i think we are very very insulated and we are very fortunate maybe our no. sponsorship dollars drop it's like instead of a recession then it's the algorithm or it's your own burnout and your own creativity it's so mentally taxing to stay Agreed. at that level Agreed. it is it is yeah there are different difficulties but i yeah. believe but that, i just uh, remember when the pandemic started everyone lost their jobs people got their pays cut and here we are making the most we've ever made so in that sense yes it is recession outside group. of getting our three copyright strikes or something taking our channel down how yes. do you see your income dropping substantially to the point where you're worried right with uh, youtube i don't know if there is a way yeah i, I won't sponsorship dollars dropping of course but there's still going to be there's still going to be businesses that need to advertise there's going to be something i think yeah you're probably your own worst enemy on yes. that it's like Agreed. either your ego gets in the way you um, live below uh, above your means yeah. Yeah, yeah there's probably some stuff that you are doing or you think that it's going to last forever and it's not yes so 100 percent yeah. Yeah. That'd be my pick is social media, whether that's getting a camera, whether that's investing in a course. I've, I've encouraged people as recently as probably a couple of weeks ago just to do OnlyFans. I'm like, just do OnlyFans. You got you got the assets. Do it like don't ruin your career, but do it. You can make a killing at it. Dude, the I opportunities are endless. Yeah. For our age group, man, I'm, how fortunate I am to start YouTube and you put videos and at some point you start making income. For sure. And then there's people that are flipping stuff and then OnlyFans and this and there's, you could have a hundred people on your podcast talking Never about a new way to make money. Never before have we lived in a time where there have been so many options to make money in this world. I had a, a guy, Mr. Organic, it was a very popular video I made mm. I made about him and he used a certain investing, he invests in, in his business, which is marketing and jewelry and flash, but to his credit, it kind of changed my perspective that we come from, I feel like a little bit different background where it's stocks and real estate. These are the general ones. People say, how do I learn how to invest? You're thinking about stock market, real estate, investing in yourself, investing in content, investing in, there's so many different ways that you can put money into something with an expected return, which yeah. is the definition of investing. One of my friends recently told me he was planning on buying a Ferrari and a crazy house just to market his business. Basically. This sounds insane, mm. but once you realize the money that influencers make, you can actually justify that. No, if you make, yeah. if you spend 6,000 a month, but it gets enough eyeballs, we're in this game. We know uh, right. at a certain point you're going to make, that would work against it. Certain people like with me, I feel like people look at that and be like, Graham, no, that's wasting money. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. That's, that's my brand as well. But I'm just saying if people want to do that, it works for some people. Yeah. So he changed my perspective. Let me finish that thought in that he's all about flash, which I'm like, that's not the smartest way. But then you realize how much he's making from sponsorships and you go, wait a second, I'm buying real estate. I'm putting a hundred grand to make okay. 500 a month. Here's an interesting question for you, Spencer. Mm -hmm. At what point, if someone is using that flash to market themselves and their business, even though the results may not be there, but that's that's how they're justifying, you know, having this extravagant lifestyle. At what point do you say and look at that person and say, well, that that's, uh, you know, a guru and I, I want to make a video about them when all in reality they're trying to do is just market their business through that, that stuff. It's one of the best ways to market your business, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've done a pretty good job. Let's stay, stick to sports betters in particular, because that's the that's the group of people I really go hard after. And okay. a lot of them do sports betters. Sports betters. Okay. Yeah, they're all frauds. Really? <laughs> yes, they're all frauds. What's um, what's the fraud? Tell me like a, what's a fraud? What's the, what's the scheme? Sure. So they all have negative EV. Do you understand the idea of expectation of value in betting? 
no. So it's essentially, uh, if you're placing a bet, do you understand the idea of a house edge, right? You've probably heard yes. the term cliche. So what that means is over time, over time in, it's uh, going to be in generally your 5% in the house. If, if you put down $100 over time, the casino will walk with $5, just the way the game's played. Roulette, you have 37 options and the payout's 36. So that one out of 37 is their edge, yada, yada, yada. Well, with sports bettors, when you place a negative EV bet, which is a negative expectation of value, meaning your expectation of value is less than what you're investing. So if you're betting $100 on a bet where you're, you're minus EV 3%, you're actually only going to return $97 over time. And so all these guys are placing what are called minus EV Interesting. bets. So it, it actually gets really bad uh, in that the more volume you play, it actually works against you. Um, because uh, can you give me an example of, of of like a setup or a game where that would be the case? Yeah. What? So sports betting, what you generally have is you have favorites and underdogs. Are you familiar with sports betting in any way? Not at all. OK, yeah. so uh, let's say in a boxing match, I would be favored over Graham. You would have in order to make this even right. You can't play. You can't bet me to win. I'm just size advantage and reach advantage. And so you have to alter the odds to make it an even bet. So what the I casinos see. look for is 50 50 action on either side. So w at what point is the market efficient? And so uh, if, if there's a 75% probability that I win, what the casino does is they place a bet where the money returned is only 70. And so you think it's like, oh man, I'm gonna bet on the favorite. Well, over time, you're actually only returning 70 cents, but the implied odds are 75. And so that's the negative edge that they have. And all these guys are flashy and they're promoting how much money they make and all this, and I'm betting 100,000. Casinos will ban you instantly if you have an edge. If I was playing a game with you and I had an edge coin flipping and I took your money over time, at some point you go, yo, I don't want to play yeah. this game. No, couldn't, That's what happens. Couldn't mm. people say that I think this guy is going to win because he's got all this history and I know baseball really well and this team has an advantage over this, they have better defense, this one's not that. Couldn't someone know the sport that well to have a bit of an advantage? You said, I think. That's the easiest tell. Yeah. Okay. Opinions don't play. No, nope, opinions don't work. So th these guys are like day traders. They're okay. looking at line movements. And so real quick, because I, I don't want to bore the audience, but essentially one guy that I know wins millions. I did a video on this guy. I went behind the scenes of his operation. And so what he's looking for is if the line's seven, meaning one team is favored, you had Austin Eckler on. If Austin Eckler's team is favored by seven points, that means if you think they're going to win by eight or more, you bet his team. If you think the underdog's going to cover the seven, you, you add the seven, you bet the underdog, right? Okay. And uh, I lost my train of thought. He had an edge. Or, oh, he or, had like, an edge. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, so sorry. So let's say the, the line, the efficient market line is seven. Well, if you're only laying five, then you lay five and the line moves to seven, you have a two-point advantage. And there's a statistical probability with every game. In football, two points could be 8% edge. So that's your edge. And so if you're laying five and the real line moves to seven, that's an advantage. You do that over time, and that's your 5 to 8% edge. Okay. In basketball, it's commonly known. It's like one point in the NBA is worth... 3% or 5%, two points. So if you're constantly getting better than the market, okay. you're going to win over time. I think time. I understood about 5% of that. It's but pretty complicated. It's I, pretty fascinating. I, I understand enough to, to where the statistics are obviously in that person's favor. Yeah. So what you're saying is they set up businesses and, and gambling businesses where yep. they are getting a slight advantage over their customers. The ones who win. And you don't know them because they don't want to be known. They don't Got want it. their face shown because they'll get banned. How much of that is tied into crypto? Because I feel like it's always something like that. Where it's I'm like, not sure. You're not sure? I'm not sure. Are they all I think dealing sports with... betting has been around forever. Yeah, I but think I've seen just... sports betting with like crypto nowadays. No, that's just a new medium from which new, they okay. can yeah, just, just pay, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what these guys do is they charge for their picks. Okay. So you're essentially, I'll, I'll show you how to win with my sports picks and I'll charge you $1,000 per month. Well, Also, they have they're... like courses explaining it. No, not even. It's a service. They'll, they give out their picks. But these picks are actually, it'd be like if you were, uh, if, if someone was a day trader right. and they were constantly losing money. 
and they were charging. I see. This is why, like, it's it's real fraud. So man. the people that are doing these these uh, courses are they in any way, shape, related or affiliated with the no. the people running the business? They are the business. It's just oh, the whole operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole it's the just same person. Yeah. It's like imagine you could predict coin flips, and you're like, Spencer's going to flip a coin. I'll tell you what it's going to be the next one. And right. I have an advantage. So well, like over a hundred yeah. flips, you're yeah. going to make money. That's what I'm saying. It's like a casino telling their customers what to bet on yes. and then still yes. having them lose. Correct. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's a pretty rough, it's a pretty rough business because then you have a lot of the kids are addicted and they get gambling. They're addicted to gambling. And so now they constantly look for the next guy. Who falls for these kinds of scams? Is it young typically kids, young male, younger? Yeah. Okay. They want that flash, man. That allure of the nice house and the Ferrari is really strong with these young kids, man. Okay. It's really sad to see. So they wow. pay a guy and this guy lost the money and then they look for the next gambler. Wow. Like the next don't they don't they learn pretty quickly that if they're not winning in like a month that it's just like, hey, it doesn't work? Or is it just like a bad string of luck? Something we will not relate to is gambling addiction. Oh, it yeah, is very dark. Yeah, it is something we don't fair. understand. We understand it's like over no, time, I, if I don't I, have an edge, I'm not gonna invest. No, I understand yeah. it. My parents were heavily into it. Yeah, so it's I've sad. been through it hardcore. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sad. they'll get down on Vegas, their luck yeah, and then they the have a hundred bucks and it's the rush because they're after the rush and they'll, the they'll lose an entire bi-weekly paycheck in a day. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's unfortunate. Yes, that's an investing strategy we do not recommend. Yeah, gambling. But there are legitimate gambling strategies that people obviously go to casinos, whether it's card counting. Or I would say casino, probably uh, not. House games do not have an edge. There's no edge. Poker Bacara could be roulette. the only game. Yeah. So, so what you're looking for is an edge. And the only edge you have is poker. Texas Hold'em. Because you're Black playing. Uh, there, to no. my knowledge, there's not an edge. There's always house edge. Yeah. You could count cards, but the casinos oh, yeah, have really yep, cracked down on that. Sure, so yeah. they do like multiple decks. Yeah. yeah six yeah, shoe decks sure. or whatever. You'd probably or, be really good at that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, or they do uh, a <laughs> single deck do, but... blackjack, but yeah. no mid shoe entry. So like right. you can't walk in halfway. Mm. And even then, if you are counting through that one deck, you don't get enough data to predict something. I mean, right. you could. But... Yeah. So to give you an idea, the best sports gambler, one that I know, he's very private. You wouldn't know who he is. He has many accounts through many different people, and he has a source of communication where he says, "Hurry, bet this much on this. The home team minus four, and they're." Everyone is laying the line. And there's some people that are so respected that when you lay the money, the line will move globally. Oh, wow. So and he's one legitimate. Team, oh, yeah. No one knows oh, who he is. Oh, I noticed that with some of those, because I bet on a few hockey games, that they change. And sometimes yeah. in the morning, they'll be like, okay, they're paying out this. And then by the afternoon, it's changed. So that's, the where, the, that's where the plus EV comes in. Yeah. If you know, if you can get ahead of time, you're, yeah. that's your spread. And so the best guy in all time, Billy Walters, what he would do is he was actually so strategic that he knew his money was so well respected that he would he would make it known that he was putting 250,000 on the home team right minus 6 that would move the line to minus 7 now he can get the other side plus 7 and now he's laying 6 but getting 7 on the other side wow. he now puts half a million on plus 7 i know that might be over your head but yeah, it's it it's is, yeah. he's he's basically Jesus. manipulating the market he has so much power it'd be like if you had the ability if you were so well respected that you could go to tesla you could make it known on your social media that i'm buying $10 million worth of Tesla tomorrow and it would drive up and then you could short it the next day for 20 million. Right. And you would, you're basically manipulating. I'm the just imagining right. Jeremy's TTCF position. Oh probably moving the stock. <laughs> so that's gosh. how you gain an edge in sports betting. And that's these guys crazy. don't want to be known because then the casinos won't take their money. Right. Wow. Pretty fascinating. Stuff. That is fascinating. I love that. See, I thought that was the most interesting part. Yeah. I'm so curious about that. Yeah, me yeah. too. I want to learn so much more about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like credit card churning, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm fascinated by casinos. Yeah. We are in Vegas. So, Actually, uh, so the guy who edits my YouTube shorts for me, um, he just met uh, 
a, a friend of his. It's it's like his aunt or something. And she's, I don't know, she's like 80 years old. She's made millions of dollars. She's still actively, basically what she's doing, she's getting those free-to-play coupons from casinos. And I don't know exactly what the strategy is, but this woman is basically living for free off of like coupons, free dinners, comps. She'll get physical things, gifts from casinos that she gives to other casinos, buy-ins, like all these credits. Mm -hmm. It's insane. By it's the like way, if you ever system. want to appear in one of my videos, I want to do one soon where I play... Uh, slots for 24 hours mm. because I've been told there's what are called APs, which is advantage, advantage players. Yeah. Meaning they have a plus EV. They churn this like $100 and it looks as though you've gambled $10,000 or whatever it no, is. No, there's actually certain machines where there's a strategy and we cannot expose the actual strategy, okay. but I have people that are telling me that if I do not share the strategy, uh, they will help me win at slots. Wow. Let's there's see. I'd be machines. very curious on that. But yeah, yeah in, in regards to what you were saying, uh, that's what I used to do. So when, as soon as I turned 21, I had a buddy who would play a lot at uh, the casinos. And we would go with him as like our plus ones. And the rooms would be free. The food would be free. Everything is free, paid for. Mm -hmm. And they just expect you to go there and gamble play, and yeah. sometimes he wins sometimes he loses but uh you know there could be times they pay for everything and he wins yeah, yeah. they're but, in the volume business yeah. this, this lady knows exactly which casinos are having those favorable so that's odds. now plus ev it's, yeah plus because EV if you're yeah. if you're receiving comps you play 300 but you get 500 exactly. in return it's exactly. like yeah it's, it's incredible you know, they said and once you put your name on the list they send you vouchers to come back it's like here's a free 50 dollar bet if you come back this week yes uh yes. you know and your free room or some but it's good I mean, if, if if you could go to Vegas, control yourself, yeah. and uh, enjoy the free benefits, like we would play enough at 50-50 basically craps, uh, like the ideal strategy with craps, and then we'd do that long enough to get the buffet for free. That's and it, cool, our, yeah. our net cost was so small because when you play craps correctly, it could be like a 50-50. So we don't really lose, we I don't win. I want to learn but, so much more, but like, I, there's no one yeah. I could ask. So in sports gambling, to... the best casino on the strip or in Las Vegas, their take is about 3% of volume. That is the tightest margin book. The best books, the one uh, best meaning profitable, is six to twelve percent. Mm. So if you have an edge of six to twelve percent, now all you want is volume. Hey, Andre, come to my casino yeah. this weekend. Why do you give free comps to the room? Because the room wasn't occupied anyway. But you want volume at the tables. Yeah. Because if you have a five percent edge on every dollar, right? Come on, baby, we love you. This is why they love the millionaires coming and playing there. Oh yeah, you want to flight out to Vegas? Yeah. Because they'll make more in the yeah. In the edge you want to stay away from the strip. Like I refuse to do that. Their blackjack pays six to five instead of uh, you know two to three. There's there's so many things that uh, the strip just gets you on. You want to go to the local spots. Yeah, ten x no, odds and craps this, is what yeah. you want. Yeah, that's cool. There's it's a whole new world I want to learn. Yeah, but yeah. The best is five dollar craps with ten x odds. There was a casino. I I think it was Green Valley. Um, this is way back in the day, but that's what they used to do. That's wow. what I would do. I, I think it. we've yeah. learned in this episode that Graham is a degenerate gambler. <laughs> no, just Enough to get the free stuff. <laughs> Enough to get the free Dogecoin yeah. with FTX. Yeah. With that said, guys, thank you so much for watching. I'll link to your information down below in the description for anyone who wants to follow Spencer. I'm the only Spencer Cornelia. Yeah, this is pretty true. easy to find. Very easy to find. Uh, your information will be down below in the description. You can sign up for FTX US, get free crypto on every trade you make over $10. You and can buy Spencer's course down below. <laughs> gambling secrets. <laughs> Casino gambling Casino secrets. secrets. All right, well, with that said, guys, Guys, until next time. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.